I guess these days I really like a PS. I'm not I, I'm sorry, Xbox. I don't dislike an Xbox, <laughs> but I've got a slight PS just uh, because I prefer a lot of the games on PS. That's mostly it. Literally one of my favorite games uh, last year. Uh, I have three games that I played and really enjoyed it. Plague the Requiem was a surprise and I knew that it would be a darker, much darker game, emotional journey. And it, that's what the game gave me. And I was really blown away. I was literally speechless. From what I've heard, it sold around 1 million copies all over the world, which is insane. So what do you think about the kind of the reception for the game that has got so far? Oh, I've been so pleased with the reception. It's been really, really widely well received. And uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, a lot of people have been commenting on the emotional journey and how they were particularly left at the end of it. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's quite traumatic in some ways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I'm so pleased with how it was received. I honestly, you know, I mean, I am obviously slightly biased because I worked on this, but I've worked on many games. And I've played many games, and this is uh, it's, it's it's probably the most beautiful game I've ever seen, colour-wise. Yeah. The scenery on the beach, particularly, and uh, when when they go to the village for the first time, and they walk up to the wall and oversee the, the, the pretty town with the flags and the you know the, the carnival going on. It's so beautiful. It took my breath away many many times, and. Uh, it was a joyous game to work on and uh, as I said in my interview for the game it was for me Arno was the first character I've really had in a, in a game with a, with a great story arc mm. um, I have had characters with arcs before but he had a fantastic long emotional journey and various connections so he, he was fantastic to play and um, I'm glad that he's been widely received as well because obviously yeah. he started off as a as an unknown perhaps bad character don't really know what's happening and then the relationships develop as they, as they develop um and uh i i'm particularly happy for the studio because they're a very small studio relatively there's a there's a couple of hundred of them working there now and you know if you compare that to some of the massive studios uh you, you know and, and some of those aren't there full-time either so you know they've got for, for, for such a small studio to get, I think it was five nominations in the, yeah. in the Game Awards. They've got a, a two or three in the BAFTAs that was announced last night. And again, Charlotte's up for best lead in a game and Olivier's up for best music in a game. And I think there might be one or, one or two others as well. So they're up for some BAFTAs. And even to get those nominations for a game from such a small studio is yeah. so exciting, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we would like to have won. I, I, I honestly thought that we had a good chance with the Game Awards with those two particularly, mm. uh, best actor and music. The others we did have some chance, but of course, in a year with God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring, two other yes. supreme and massive games coming out, we had stiff competition. And, uh, you know, those are, but there's, there's an example. We're up against those games with those size studios, you know, that's, that's fantastic. You know, I've had some really nice comments about my performance and about how they felt about Arno and, and that sort of thing. And uh, that's really encouraging, you know, uh, to, to hear that. And the fans are, they're a particular type of lovely. I can't really describe it. They're, you know, they're obviously slightly obsessed with the game and the gaming and stuff, you know, but, uh, but yeah, they, they really care and they feel like it's sort of, a, you know, they think it's a, a, a bit as part of a family. And I think that sums up Sobo and uh, working for them. It, it was just working as a part of a big, lovely family. And, uh, you know, it was great fun. And yeah, I'm so pleased it did so well. 
I am so happy that the game got nominated and is in competition with such big games. But what's most important is how much people have loved this game and how much I, for someone like, like I, I played the first game and I loved Amicia and I loved the world. And the second game just made everything so much better, uh, improved on everything. Like the game looks so good. The, the characters like Amicia was in such an intense, she had such an intense journey. And you mentioned about like this relationship, like in the game, even like the relationship between Arnold and Amicia starts off in a very rocky situation and then turns into a very beautiful towards the end. So what was this kind of evolving relationship between uh, Arnold and Amicia was to you? I mean, in the game, what happens, obviously, is that uh, they start off as enemies and then bit by bit, one and the other sees some... Or they, so, first of all, they save each other in some way yeah. and they start to see in each other some strength and some bit of... I think they hate each other because they're so similar in many ways to start with, you know. And uh, I think uh, Amicia sees Arno's developing relationship with Hugo and how lovely he is with him and realises there is a softer side to him, even though he's been quite brutal to her at that point. And of course, then you start to find out about why Arno's like he is. So you start to empathise with Arno, even if you don't necessarily like him. And then bit by bit, once he's really saved Amicia and he's obviously on their side and trying to do everything to help him, of course, by then you, you've, you've fallen for him. He's a great man, you know, yeah. he's a hero. And I really love the developing journey of Arno because it, I got to show villain and hero which is a really nice acting arc yeah. you know i play a lot of villains probably tell from my voice i play quite a lot of hard sounding people you know nasty people <laughs> and so it was quite nice again, but again it was just nice to show all of that acting and uh, and again opposite playing opposite um charlotte was a joy um we don't when when we're recording our lines we don't always have the other actors lines to play opposite when we're only ever in the studio on our own each time we're never yeah. in with any of the other actors and sometimes you go in and the other actors been in before you for that scene and so they can play you their performance their actual performance as it's going to be and the same with mine once i've been in and done my scenes other people can have my lines mm. but until those other lines are in normally the director will read in bits and pieces just to have something to bounce off okay. of. And so I didn't entirely work with Charlotte, but uh, some scenes and, and some of the most important ones, luckily, the, the very emotional ones, we were able to uh, work with each other's recordings here and there. So it was really nice to bounce off of her. And I think she's a fabulous actor. I really I really think, as I said, I thought she was up for a chance for best actor, seriously up for a chance for best actor in the best lead in the, in the Game Awards. I think she's up for it in the BAFTAs. I, I really rate her performance in that. She lived it. Yeah. And I think she brought it through from innocence as part of that family. You know, when she was crying in the studio, she was crying in the studio, you know, where people say she could cry for like 40 minutes just doing takes and stuff like that. And to sustain, I can't cry on cue. I'm an actor. Yeah. But I can't cry on cue. It's one thing I've got. But to cry, you know, to sustain that sort of level of emotion is just beautiful. It's really incredible to bring that to, to the performance. So for me, it was really easy to develop that relationship with that character. You know, as you were mentioned about uh, Charlotte and how she's given in, and I, you know, she really gave in. And I was really feeling, by the end of the game, I was like really feeling like, oh gosh, like she had to go through this. And I was like, I cannot imagine what Charlotte, like at the time of recording, what she must be feeling. And, you know, you guys also have like this emotional connection towards the end as well. And I was like, how you guys must be feeling 
was must be kind of like drained in some ways and you know it must be very challenging do you do you remember any of the like the challenging aspects of uh voicing Arnold in this game my challenges in this weren't necessarily the emotions I can play those I mean Arnold didn't really have any massive sadness or you know there was bits and pieces whereas with Charlotte those scenes where she's crying and crying and crying yes you can act them mm -hmm. uh, but if you're actually crying and crying and crying it's so much better you know so um I didn't have to go through such a hard emotional journey as she did my emotional ride was was pretty easy um I think the hardest thing for me was uh, just the vocal performance uh, there was an awful lot of shouting. And it is tiring, really, really tiring. Um, I've got a very hardy voice compared to a lot of actors, um, mostly just because I've done a lot of shouting and smoking and various things, Not nothing good for you. But uh, it, it's ended up resulting in me having quite a tough voice. So I can shout for quite a long time without it really hurting. But with this game, if you think about it, all of those scenes where Amicia is doing something and Arno's battling soldiers and various villains in the background, that's hours worth of me in a studio standing at a microphone shouting all those noises and the sounds and come on, you know, all those stuff. And it, it is wearing. So sometimes I go in and do maybe an hour of just that. And they're very good. They do sort of look after your voice as much as possible. Give little breaks and uh you know make sure you don't do too long sessions uh, just shouting so mostly it's really really good there was one time this is nothing against them it's just the way it worked but there was one time i had a three or four hour voice recording session and normally they normally they save all of the shouting and stuff till the end so that you've got your nice voice all the way through and then if you're going to rag it at the end it, you know it's fine but on this one day, I came into the studio and they said, I'm really sorry, but we have to do loads of shouting for the first hour or 45 minutes because of timing. We need those sounds to go off straight away to make something that we're currently working on. And the rest of the stuff we're doing for the session is for future reference, you know, okay. so it can wait. And they said, oh, no, no, we, we really don't work like this today, but we've got to. So I, yeah, I shouted for about 40, 50 minutes or whatever it was, and then, and then did three-hour dialogue on Arno. So that, that day, he might well have been slightly more raspy than normal. <laughs> when he first got to see Arnold, did he, I don't know, like, did you get to see, like, um, concept art or whatever it was? What was, like, kind of the like, initial, initial reaction to you seeing him for the first time? I think the first time I saw him was probably concept art when I got into the studio for the first time. We have to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure yeah. agreement, before we start the game. It's that we're not allowed to reveal anything at all about the game until either they say so or the game's released, whichever happens the soonest. Even though I've signed that and I'm not allowed to talk about it, they still often only show you what you need to know. They don't show you any other bits and pieces. So my knowledge of the story is actually probably worse than yours because there's bits of it. If I wasn't in the scene, I don't really know what went on at that point necessarily. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. I will, I will one day. I love the picture of Arno. He's just such a rough, he's massive. I mean, he's yeah. much bigger than me physically. I'm quite six foot and quite broad. But he's, I imagine, I imagine him to be maybe half a foot taller than me, maybe, you know, yeah. like that. But he's actually... You know, you can see, especially with all his armour on, he's just massive. They, they, they call him, obviously, the wall, you know, because <laughs> yeah. nothing gets past him. Um, 
I actually really like his style. I love his clothing and the concept of, uh, of the design of all of that and his hair. I, I really like the fact that he sometimes has um, a man bun and little mm. bangs. You know, he's quite kind of, he's, you know, he looks pretty cool. And then he's obviously got the big hair and the, the massive beard, the scarring and the grisly face, you know, yeah. that all works really well. And uh, yeah, we also had a discussion on Twitter between a few of us that the concept artist managed to clear up, which was what were the things he carries on him, uh, little medals and things, because uh, somebody had noticed, one of the fans had noticed that he's carrying uh, maybe a knight's cross or something that shouldn't belong to Arno, like a Brit an English knight's cross or something else that shouldn't belong to Arno. And they were asking why he's wearing medals from other places when yeah. he's this specific thing. And so I said, I, I wondered, um, I wondered if it was trophies that he collected off of his victims over the time. And then the concept artist got involved and said, yeah, basically that was what it was, things he'd found and collected, you know, off of people and various stuff, you know. So, yeah, it was great to see him. And it really helps uh, inform the voice as well, if you can see some concept art. Mm. And they'd already said he was big and those kind of things. So I knew I was going to do him quite deep. And then I think we went straight into the VT stuff, which is the um, uh, the, the cut scenes. Mm -hmm. They've done everything for those scenes except put the voice in. So they've done all of the movements. They've done all of the... So the, it, it starts in France, in Bordeaux, in a movement studio with French actors in uh, suits in the mocap studio. And they do all of the movements for the character. That's how it starts. So then that's, that gets sent to the animators and then the animators paint the pictures over those characters and get them to move around and then they're on the screen. And then that gets sent through. There's a few more other layers in there than that, but that's basically it. Then it gets sent through to us and we put the voice. And so when we voice those um, animated cut scenes, there's also dialogue being done by the French actors that were doing the mocap. They've already yeah. done the dialogue. So what we have to do is lip sync. We have to make our words move in time with their lips because otherwise it will look like yeah. out of sync, you know. Um, so we get sent through the video, which by now is actually a scene of Arno with Amicia and Hugo or whatever it happens to be. Um, and, and then the dialogue, they do it in English, and the dialogue comes up on the screen and there's a little scroller along the bottom of the screen and a marker and you have to hit the marker so the words, it tells you where the words are set. So you basically have to fit it in exactly that same wow. time. But they're able to tweak it ever so slightly if it's not bang on. But yeah, you have to be really accurate and say the words at basically the same time as the original French actor said them, but with the emotion of your version mm -hmm. of Arno, which is, is, you know, that's another challenge. Yeah. Back to challenges, you know. When, when you see him moving, when you see your character moving around for the first time as well, you again... That informs you, you know, he's quite solid when he moves. He's not fast, he's bulky, he's kind of, you know, and that all helps inform the the voice choice, but also all the emotional choices and, the, you know, various other... I sort of stand more like Arno when I'm in the studio because it makes me feel, you know, much more like, like that. So yeah. You know. so, yeah, I love all of concept art and, uh, you know, some of the other characters. Sophia, what a wonderful concept our character that was beautiful design you know and then like i said i thought the concept design on the entire thing was the best i've ever seen honestly did you ever watch or play uh, or watch any of the scenes from the game overall 
Yeah, so they play bits back here and there if we want to see context. Sometimes they'll just play us a bit just because they're really excited about it and want us to see it, and then yeah. that grows our excitement. So they might just show you a bit of the last cut scene you did that's now come together, you know. Any scene that I'm doing the voice of Arno in the cut scene, I get to see that entire scene in front of me as well. So, for example, again, coming back to that point where they walk into the village for the festival, um, I got to see all of that colour and beauty as I was doing the scene because they'd already made it. And so I saw that whole scene, but I saw it from a producing Arno's voice perspective, you know, so I didn't see the complete thing, but I got to see the pictures. And then since I've finished recording, I have looked up um, some of the scenes on YouTube, um, various, just to see, first of all, bits I hadn't seen, um, and uh, also to see what people's responses were to the, the things we've done, you know. And, yeah. uh, I'm always interested in seeing how found it you know um so then i've seen i've seen all of the cutscenes now in completion i've seen various bits of gameplay what i've done actually is i've gone to um uh, sophia's page uh <laughs> to uh, uh anna dimitriou's page because she's a on gamer uh, uh, switch is it? yeah on twitch, twitch, yeah. twitch stream yeah Twitch streamed herself playing it all live. I don't know if you saw yeah, it. But she did, so, yeah. yeah. And then she played bits of it with Charlotte, I think, as well. Yeah. I, I don't know this. But I saw, I, I caught up with all of this on Twitter. I saw that <laughs> it was kind of happening. So I thought I thought that was all beautiful and lovely and all kind of part of the yeah. part of the game and stuff like that. So, yeah. The, the stream that she did when she was playing by herself and then when she brought in Charlotte and when they played together, it was really funny to, you know, both of them are talking about their experiences, what they did. And it's really fun to see, like, because Charlotte was playing the game and she probably didn't play a lot of games. So it was like her, her yeah, own struggle. Yeah, I think it's her first like, time playing any Yeah. And it, it's so hard for her to, you know, figure things out. So it was, like, really funny and the things that she was doing in the game. So did you do you actually ever play any games yourself? Or is it like you, you're fine with just being a part of the game? So uh, I don't allow myself to own a console because I would be up every night till five o'clock in the morning addicted to games and not being productive and ruining my life. Um, I used to basically do that in my teens and twenties. Whenever I could, I just played games. And being an actor, of course, especially when I was doing mostly stage and TV and, and film, you do get a lot of time to yourself. So you just end up gaming for like 12 hours. Well, it's what Anna does, but she's now making a living out of it. You yeah. know, I mean, she's doing it, you know, professionally, which is, and I've played, um, I still play now occasionally on friends consoles. If I go around to friends for evenings, I will have a games night or something like that. So often it's two player, uh, two player co-op, or what we might do is play something like Red Dead Redemption um, or, uh, or Red Dead 2, I mean, you know, and maybe we'll play a bit of it until we've had, until we think, it's the other person's go or until we die or until we end a level or something like that and then swap the controller you know yeah. and that's a really nice way to do it and especially a game where there's some puzzles and things like that because even the non-player can work together with the player to make suggestions and yeah. kind of you know develop and I, I, I really like playing with, with somebody else as well you know I love playing on my own and just getting into a game but there's something special, like you just said, when Charlotte and Anna got together, you know, to play together. Uh, 25 years ago, me and one of my best friends were sitting playing a game, uh, Broken Sword, the original Broken Sword. Wow. And um, we were playing it and we were like, hang on, that's 
Rachel's voice. That's Rachel Atkins. Hang on, that's David Holt's voice. Hang on, that's, and we were basically playing and we realising that all the characters were our new mates from radio when we were working on BBC radio drama. So we were playing this game and every single character was voiced one of our new friends that we've worked with over the last year or two. And we were like these young 20, 20 something year old fresh actors going, oh, this is so exciting, you know. And then, of course, now 25 years ago, it's me and him sitting playing games going, is that you? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there I am. Do you have any, like, any of the favorite games? Do you remember any games that you really, really liked uh, when you were playing? I, I actually think my favourite game series so far, and I haven't played the last one, which is the two female characters together, but I've played the first four, is the Uncharted series. I've played oh. all of those. And I thought they were groundbreaking when they came out. Each one of them at the time was, the, that, that was the, the change in the graphics that, you know, you could see beginnings of water beginning to get better and skin and faces getting better and the movement and light, particularly. They were groundbreaking, yeah. I think, as far as some of the, Changes were concerned, and of course, the early ones look completely out of date now. But at the time, they were, you know, stunning and amazing. So I think they were very important games. But they're my favourite type of games. I love the last Tomb Raider, and uh, I like um, Resident Evil Village and Night. I like Resident Evil. Those. I like games which kind of involve running around solving puzzles. Some climbing up stuff and exploring and occasional battles with things because that gives me a nice mix up of, of activities and things to do. And I can't get bored with that or, or fed up with it or frustrated because there's enough mixture. And I, that's what I like. Whereas I know full well that other people like games that are just running around gore fest shooting people for, for 12 hours, you know, and that's great. That's up to them. And of course, I mean, I voice some of those characters. I'm in, um, Warhammer 40k Dark yeah. Tide in your in your hub. I play Morrow in Sergeant Morrow in that, and uh, he basically just goes, "What are you doing?" He's one of the mission givers. What are you doing? You've got to go over there and pick up that mycelia. Get up that ladder. You know, he's all that sort of thing in your hub. So like, I've played a lot of those war type games, and it's just going to be cool to hear me in those as well. You know, that that's good fun. You were mentioning about like Uncharted games and how it, uh, it, you know, kind of improved and developed. And I really love the Uncharted series myself. Like I'm a big fan uh, ever since I got my PlayStation 4 and I got it very late. Uh, but I, when I got PlayStation 4, I wanted to play Uncharted games. I, I, uh, and I played the fourth Uncharted game and it's the best looking Uncharted. Um, if you really compare from the first game, the fourth game looks incredible, um, so different. I guess these days I really like a PS. I'm not, I, I'm sorry, Xbox. I don't dislike an Xbox, <laughs> but I've got a slight PS just because I prefer a lot of the games on PS. That's mostly it. Um, but I have, I've played Xbox and loved it. You know, I don't PC. I don't understand PC gaming, so I don't do that. Yeah, I, I've tried the online stuff where you play multiplayer online, but because I don't do it and because those people do it for 24 hours a day, I basically is the same for me. I get spawned. I'm like, oh, great, where am I? Dead. <laughs> spawned. Oh, brilliant. Well, dead. Like, and I'm just like, I, just, I can't. There's no, you know, uh, even once I've played the game, I suppose what you have to do is play the game through in hard mode once or, you know, get to hard mode. Once you've finished it in that, then you're probably up to speed. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I just like playing the game medium mode with not too much problems and then I'm done and you know, I'm happy. And and I think the games that I've loved most in my life when I was younger, when I was sitting around with my mates having fun and, and playing games all together in a group and stuff, um, 
the two that stand out from back then were uh, Goldeneye, 007 Goldeneye, yeah. four-player co-op, do you know? with the split screens and you play in each so four of us could play together going around hunting each other and stuff that was brilliant yeah. and um super mario kart in the same on the same console with the four split screens where mm. you could play either battle or the races all four of you together but you mentioned like you have been you know part of so many games what what was it that um drew you into like okay i want to voice act in video games what was that thing that drew you into so, first of all, I got into acting, you know, as I said, in my sort of late teens, early 20s, went to college, went to drama school, and then uh, got into voice acting. At the end of my drama school, I won, an, an, uh, I entered a competition which was run by BBC Radio Drama uh, to find some actors that to, to be on what they called a BBC Radio Drama Company. Um, so, on BBC Radio, they have what they call the afternoon play every day at 2.15 and they have a Saturday play and they have a few other plays. And these are radio plays. So they're audio plays done by voice actors who do all of the voices and the sound effects are done and, and that sort of thing. So my first job out of drama school was, was nine months on the radio drama company. So I went straight into voice work, even though I'd trained in voice, film, TV, theatre. Did little bits of telly and film, not masses, but you know, some nice little bits and pieces. And then, um, I started to get more and more radio jobs because I was doing quite a lot of voice work as a radio actor and it was specifically radio then I decided to start trying to find other avenues that I could use my voice as an actor professionally and I started looking at the things that I enjoyed the most so more audio drama but I went into sort of podcasts I went along to Audible and do quite a few audio dramas and podcasts for them I go into audio books because I love reading books and I love yeah. creating characters and narrative. So I, I read a lot of audio books. I think I probably got into games. I know who I worked with first. It was um, Mark Estale at OMUK who did actually Dark Tide and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which mm. I'm in playing Resh. Um, and I've done a few of my loads of my jobs there now. And I think he was the first person that employed me on a video game, if memory serves. And, and I think what happened was I probably sent off some demos um, to studios and just said, hi, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm an experienced voice actor, but I'd like to now come into gaming. For example, here's my voice. I'm very experienced. I can do multi-voices because I, I do a lot of accents and characters and stuff you know like uh, like i said you know arno is kind of my voice but he's he's much more rp than i am he's much well spoken than i am he's not he's not very very posh but he's much more well spoken than i am you know i've yeah. got his london accent morrow's just basically me but with a bit of throat morrow talks like that what are you doing so he sounds gruff and grizzled and like a veteran so it's my voice but with a bit of a mm, yeah it to make it different um happily um uh, Nosdormu in Dragonflight, World of Warcraft, Dragonflight. And Nosdormu speaks with a mid-Atlantic accent. He's not quite American, but he's not quite British. He's got that sort of mixture that the old film stars used to have. Yeah. And he speaks slowly and but when he gets darker as Morrison, he gets like so. So and those, so I never really play the same voice in anything, you know, they're all aspects of my voice and versions of it and stuff. And I think that's one of the things I love the most about my job is that is, is you know, the, the playability in games. You know, I can play 
many different characters in one game. You know, so often I'll play three of them. I suppose two to five is probably my average, and they're all medium-sized characters. I think the most I've ever played in one game is 34 wow. um, characters. Yeah, but of course these, you know, this is an, this is a big world game. So mm. I'll be a villager in one village, and then you won't meet me for three to three days until I'm in, you know, the castle as a guard. You know, but I wouldn't use the same voice for the villager as the guard. I'd make mm. sure that every character in that game had a different voice. And then over some time, I'm Arno riding around on a horse, slaying villains and doing all sorts of stuff that loads of other people have added loads of wonderful, weird stuff to and created <laughs> this amazing thing. And it still blows my mind, even though I've been doing it for such a long time now, it still blows my mind. And what also blows my mind is the development of the graphics. Like I was talking about earlier, the, the beauty in, in Requiem, but also I was saying about the water having improved. We were saying, you said it as well, water having improved over time. Skin, you know, if you look back at, say, the Uncharted that was made six years ago, we've come on in leaps and bounds oh, since 100%. then, you know, and it's only going to, you know, it, there, is, there are games that were made two or three years ago that look completely outdated now, you know. So, it, so I'm, I'm constantly amazed by the advancement of the quality of these things, and I can only be excited about where it's going in the future as well. Yeah, me too. I'm very much excited to see where it goes because, as you mentioned, visually, Plague to Larquim is so good looking. Uh, when the first time, especially, and I really love the night scenes, whenever there's night scenes in any game, I really love it because if they capture it in a particular way with the lighting, and I'm really blown away by it, and Plague Tiller Quim had that. When I first saw the first night scene, I was like, wow, so it looks so good. And that's where I realized that how beautiful this game is. And it just continued to, to be that way. It's so awesome that you got to be in so many video games and you know be part of like you know as warhammer as well which is like a big franchise of its own um and you know you have so many games coming up so i'm just super happy that you have been working on all these games you're yourself a lover of video games so it's so cool to you know hear someone talk about the games that they loved and the, you know be a part of video games so i really really in the end want to thank you for for taking the time to joining here and talking about games it's such a pleasure hearing you talk about all the worlds that you've been part of and all, all the games that you played. You're so welcome. It's been fantastic chatting to you and uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for your support. Bye.